When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. How much would it take for you to walk off an airplane once you're already on there, it's full, you're ready to go, and they come on and say, yeah, we need someone to get off the plane. We have a, we have a employee that needs to take a seat. And we'll give you, I'm sure they started off low, and <laughs> they ended up at 10,000 flight credits, and no one took it. So they're flying to Cancun. A lady, there's a viral TikTok video that shows, uh, that shows a young girl ready to go on vacation saying they're offering $10,000 flight credit to get off the plane and no one wants to take it. Now, eventually, someone took the $15,000 flight credit deal and got off. I don't know a couple of things with this story. I don't know what my line is, but it's probably $15,000 flight credit. Uh, and second, I may have gone, I may have, I may have walked at the 10000 and second, what happens if no one says yes? I mean, they keep going up. I mean, sooner or later, you're at a point that makes no sense and you're still no one is going to take it, right? So if you have an employee that has to be on that flight for a turnaround or needs to be in Cancun for other flights, do you just, you, are you going to make someone get off the flight? I don't know. I, I don't know what happens, but. I, it seems strange to me, even though you wanted to go to Cancun and she wanted to spend some time with her friends and they were on vacation. I mean, you miss a day, maybe not even a full day, and you have $10,000 in flight credits. I might have taken a little bit of cash and some flight credits, maybe some meal vouchers and some flight credits, but I'm walking at $10,000 flight credit. Though I, I, I understand not wanting to, but man, that is, you could fly a lot of places on $10,000 flight credit with JetBlue. And maybe you don't want to, maybe you're like, I look, I just saved my money. I want to go to Cancun. I'm not going to take your money. I just want to go to Cancun. I get it. But I would be fascinating to see what would happen if no one took it and how long they wait before they say, okay, we're doing a raffle and I'm pulling a seat out of my hat. And that person gets to walk off the plane and catch a later flight. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, do you do it? At that point, someone has to step up and take the money, right? Right? Right. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. The story... The story about a Greyhound bus being abandoned fascinates me. So in California, in the uh, Sierra Mountains, you know, they were having snowfall. There was a storm going on. And they found a bus just abandoned in the middle of the road on I-80, Interstate 80. And it's just gone. Nobody on it. It's just sitting there. Oh, okay. W- well, what's happening with the old Greyhound bus? Well, we we didn't know at the time. The California Highway Patrol, the CHP Truckee Division, posted on their Facebook page, Hey, Greyhound Lines, want to come pick up your bus that your driver abandoned on I-80 westbound, west of Donner Lake? 
Just in case anyone was wondering why 80 westbound was shut down in Truckee. (laughs) Everyone says, thank you. So apparently the bus broke down due to uh, a chain issue on the tires. It got stuck. It was storming. And there was uh, another scheduled bus coming by. So the driver and all the passengers got off and hopped on the other bus and took off. And we just left the bus sitting there. Oh, we're not going to let anybody know. Ah, don't worry about it. We'll come back for it later. (laughs) Oh, okay. No problem. I I don't know how you keep your job. I mean, you're supposed to at least keep the passengers safe. Maybe you put the passengers on the other bus and you stay with the bus. And maybe you contact the California Highway Patrol and maybe the Greyhound tow division and say hey i'm stuck here in the mountains want to come and help me but no we just abandoned it i would be i don't know i don't know if i was a driver in the sierras at the time i would be really angry but i'd be even more angry if i was a passenger and had to get on another bus and then i'd be even more angry when i find out that the bus i mean you're going to be stuck there whether the driver stayed with the bus or not right i mean you're stuck behind it no matter what Still, though, as a professional bus driver, and I am not one, although, you know, it would be a good gig, um, I would say you should probably go down with the ship. Shouldn't you? Isn't that the rules? That, uh, you know, the pilot goes down with the plane, the driver goes down with the bus, the captain goes down with the ship. That's the way it's supposed to be. So there's a man in the Netherlands, Mr. Pauman. He describes himself as a biohacker. Someone who puts pieces of technology into his body to try to improve his performance. He has 32 implants in total, including chips to open doors and embedded magnets. Technology keeps evolving, so I keep collecting more, he says. My implants augment my body. I wouldn't want to live without them. There will always be people who don't want to modify their body. We should respect that. And they should respect us as biohackers. I mean, are you ready for the chip? Are you ready for some of the biohacking that's happening? I mean, we have people that have already implanted chips into themselves so they can pay for things. Boop. And it's just, it's right there. It's always with you. You don't have to carry a card. I don't think you have to have a cell phone with you. It's using that same kind of technology. So it's just boop and the chip is ready to go and you pay for wherever you want. Wherever you can uh, do cardless purchases, you can scan the chip and it will charge your account. I mean, Ray Kurzweil, the uh, futurist, Google's director of engineering, has said that uh, we will be, well, we'll merge, there'll be singularity by 2045, but by 2029, which is right around the corner, computers will have human level intelligence. So, I mean, is this the same as that? Eh, I don't think so, Uh, but it's close. So we can start having that technology and use it inside of us and expand what we do both mentally and physically i i don't know i don't know if i'm ready for a chip or not i joke around about it i kind of am i kind of am because i don't i hate care you know you hate carrying the obviously we all have a cell phone but if we could do without it wouldn't it be great wouldn't it be great to be able to have access to everything that you have on your cell phone without the cell phone and if that means that i have to have some kind of chip in me 
I guess. <laughs> I know, I know, I, I get it. The mark of the beast, it's the end of times, I get it. But it's just convenient, isn't it? I mean, we know from the show Continuum, she has the suit with the computer uploaded chip that she can uh, implant, and she has the contact lens that has uh, the computer screen on it and brings up information immediately from the computer that she has in her suit. That's kind of cool. That goes back to where I always thought that we should have be wearing uh, like a motorcycle helmet, right? And the, the one big glass in front of us is the computer screen. So we're able to see live outside through the, the front glass of our helmet, but we're able to hear and bring up computer information on the screen of the glass inside of our helmet. I got to tell you, I think I, I might be ready for that. <laughs> I just that way you, you're not carrying a phone around you're just wearing a helmet all the time huh yeah everybody loves that look no problem but we still have people already putting the little chips in themselves so they can pay for things all around the world without having to have their card with them and they claim that it's like the RFID chips that we put in our animals right you can't track them but you, once you get them, then you can scan it and see the information. So is that true? I don't know. If Depending on where the technology goes with the chips, I'm sure that you're going to be able to have some sort of GPS location and knowing exactly where you're at at all times if someone is wanting to read where you're at at all times. Is there going to be someone that cares about where you're at all the time? probably at some point in your life. And I'm sure we're going to, you know, when man merges with machine, it's going to be less of the multiple amount of chips that you have in like the biohacker who has 32 implants total. Why would you have 32 when you could just have one? Look, we'll just put this one chip in you and you'll be fine. No problem. Put this chip in you, put the helmet on and you're all good. I may be ready for that. I may be ready for that. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh, mm. oh my gosh. So good. <sighs> well, the Texas judge uh, postponed the trial that will determine how much right wing, uh, they call him in this story, the right wing conspiracy theorist. Uh, Alex Jones will have to pay the families of the two Sandy Hook shooting victims. The trial had been set to start next week, but uh, no, it's been delayed because his three companies um, filed for bankruptcy. Right? He had uh, InfoWars Health, Prison Planet TV, and InfoWars all filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in a, a southern Texas court this past weekend. And that was, you know, after he was found liable for several defamation lawsuits, just incredible that he was found liable for that. And now he had moved to make a settlement offer of 120000 per family, and that was rejected. He's been uh, said that he was supposed to uh, have a trial set to begin in Connecticut in August. And that was, uh, you know, they're looking to get more money for that. 
He says, my assets are only like 50,000. And they say with liabilities of a million to 10 million, they claim he's got a lot more money and he's hiding millions of dollars in this new lawsuit. But the trial that was supposed to start this week, or actually this coming week, has been delayed because of the bankruptcy. The attorneys are not happy. Um, the one attorney for the families say that uh, every time Mr. Jones has attempted to sabotage this lawsuit through some corrupt stunt, it has ended with him further in the hole and owing my clients even more money in court. So... This latest stunt will be no different. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, you know, I feel sorry for Alex and I probably shouldn't cause he's, you know, a crazy guy and I just find him fascinating because he is a crazy guy. I think that we should just let him be and let people say what they want to say. But you know, they obviously, there's plenty of people who disagree with that <laughs> but for now everything he can take a little bit of a breath he's filed for bankruptcy and this trial has been delayed here in texas and we still have the connecticut trials coming up really weird yesterday we talked about netflix and how much they've lost in viewership but they still have and i said 200 million yesterday but they actually have 222 million global subscribers and, you know, they've been fighting other streaming platforms. They claim that they have lost a couple hundred thousand and they plan on losing uh, much more in the near future. Now, they had talked about um, perhaps a subscriber base, Netflix, which I know that uh, What's-His-Face, the head of Netflix, doesn't really want to do. Reed Hastings. He has said that, hey, an ad-supported version of Netflix, I guess, makes a lot makes some sense. Uh, he didn't really want to do that when we first started talking about that. Now, they also, I didn't think about this yesterday, so they're saying that they uh, are going to rethink the password sharing issue. I mean, if they're going to start doing that, and I honestly, I don't believe that they're going to start doing that because they want the paying customers to continue to pay. And I realize that they believe that they're being ripped off and they probably have some magic number that gives them uh, a great big amount of money that you can quote me on that, a great big amount of money that, uh, you know, if the people who are stealing and I say stealing, the people who are sharing the passwords, if they're using uh, someone else's password outside of that person's IP address and phone address that they would pay. But maybe not. Maybe they'd just be pissed and say, no, I'm not going to pay. I've been, I was using it because my mom. I was using it because my son. I was using it because my friend was letting me use it. But I'm not going to pay for it. I mean, you have a lot of streaming platforms out there now. We talked about it yesterday. I mean, it's coming to a time, especially with the way the economy is going. Uh, it's coming to a time where these streaming platforms are going to be looked at as the bonus entertainment that they are and you're gonna to have to make some cuts and you're gonna to have to decide which one is worth more than the others and so there's gonna be plenty of uh, streaming platforms that uh, are gonna to be told yeah you know what not today not today and I know that we still are trying to let the theaters hang on and let people come to see movies at the theater again which I 
disagree with. Let them hang out and do what they can and survive the best way they can, but don't make the deals with the movie companies, but that's already done. But AMC now says that if you have the AMC app, they're going to allow users to make purchases with Dogecoin and any other and other cryptocurrencies. Oh, okay. Uh, thanking BitPay for powering the app that will allow users to purchase tickets using various cryptocurrencies. Oh, that's so great. So BitPay, which is like Apple Pay and PayPal, and you're going to be able to you know connect to their digital currencies of the platform, and you'll be able to go see a movie and pay with your crypto. All right. I mean, I, if, look, if it helps you stay alive, great. But there's other issues in your industry that you should look at. We also have the big Coachella still going on. Huh? How excited are you about Coachella? Oh, man. It was up and running last weekend, and it's going this weekend as well. It will be nothing but fun. Nothing but fun at Coachella. I am uh, excited about all the bands and performers there. It'll just be full of... Did I say it would be fun? Yeah, it'll be fun. Now, there was a clothing retailer that had an invite-only festival, uh, which was close to Coachella this past weekend, that catered to influencers. It's called Revolve. and But according to a bunch of the posts, um, it didn't go over too well. Uh, a lot of the attendees were stranded in the desert heat while waiting for shuttles. <laughs> Some people were passing out and they were tweeting and these influencers were talking about how it was, uh, boy, this reminds me of the Fry Festival. Okay. And Revolva said, oh yeah, hey, we're sorry. Yeah, we didn't, things didn't work out quite that well for us. Oh, okay. Well, you're sorry then. That's fine. Don't, don't you worry about it. Well, now there's another new festival that we can start thinking about. Apparently, uh, Walmart looking to put together a big festival called Format, the four music plus art plus technology festival. And it's set to include musical performances as well as immersive pieces by visual artists in a bid to invest in the region's creative economy. So it's going to be kind of like a Woodstock style festival, Wallstock coming to a small town in Arkansas. Oh, I'll get people to move to Arkansas or at least come there for the weekend and camp out. and It'll be great. And you know, they, and if you go close to there, that's where that damn diamond mine is in, in Arkansas. You can search for diamonds. Maybe you can go to the diamond mine and find diamonds in Arkansas while you go to Wallstock and party. <laughs> Apparently, uh, uh, tickets are going to start at $275. Attendees can reserve camping sites outside the festival grounds, which will be held on a 300-acre field owned by the Waltons. It's going to take place the weekend of September 23rd. They're looking to attract around 17,000 people. And so if, there, if you can get 17 to 20,000 people to show up in Arkansas on September 23rd or that weekend, uh, what fun will you have? You betcha. You are going to have all kinds of fun. Yeah, Crater of Diamonds State Park is south of Bentonville, where Walmart is located and where they want to have this party. And you're up to, you're close to the 
the Creek Nation, the Cherokee Nation, the Choctaw Nation, the Chickasaw Nation, all that, uh, all that uh, Indian nations up there. And that's where Bigfoot is, too. So you can go to the Walmart uh, gathering. The uh, what's it called again? Well, wall stock. I'm not sure that's what they're going to call it. And you can uh, spend the weekend there. You could go down and hunt some diamonds maybe the weekend before. And then you can go out and look for Bigfoot too. Now we're talking about how much fun are you going to have at this festival? Huh? How much? That's what I thought. Oh, and uh, yesterday I teased uh, having a Royals special. Um, That doesn't look like it's going to happen soon. Uh, Well, I want to try to knock that out for you. But while uh, we're waiting to have our next royal special, I just want to say happy birthday to the queen. Uh, 96 today. Happy birthday, Queen Elizabeth II. uh, She's been the the longest reigning British monarch in history. It's going to be kind of a low-key party for the queen today because the queen has two birthdays. Uh, This one. Uh, her actual birthday and the official birthday in June, which that's when they have the big all out party for the queen in June. And the Royal tradition was started by her great grandfather. I love this. The King was like, yeah, my birthday's in November, but, uh, it's cold and, uh, I don't like partying in November. So we're just going to have my uh, official birthday is in June. That's when we'll have the party when it's nice out. <laughs> so, okay. You know, why not? Who's to say you can't do that? You're the king. You're the queen. You can throw your birthday party any damn time you want. wasn't really sure that they would do it i thought maybe they would just back off because people have had enough but no no the centers for disease control and prevention has determined that uh, the order requiring uh, masking on planes and other public transit is still needed so that set in motion a justice department appeal of the federal court decision that overturned the mandate and the CDC is continuing assessment at this time, uh, ordering requiring masking in indoor transportation corridor remains necessary for public health. Well, that is kind of agonizing because people have had enough of the masking, and we've got we've covered it to the end of time. I know, but it just you ought to be able to make the choice, and no one is telling you you can't wear a mask. No one is telling you that. No one. They're saying you get to decide, make the decision, but that's not good enough. That is not good enough. The NAACP, their, their legal defense fund president and director counsel, Yane Nelson, called the federal judge's decision to strike down the federal mask mandate requiring masks on public transportation reckless and feared it could have a significant impact on minorities. We're talking about a pandemic in which the share of deaths among black and Latino persons is higher than their share of the population. Um, Okay, so why don't you start your big message campaign telling all the minorities that they should wear a mask? They should. It is their choice and their choice should be to wear a mask. 
a pandemic in which racial disparities across vectors like unemployment and housing and debt and food insufficiency and mental health has revealed a very adverse and acute effect on specific communities. So this decision from the DOJ and more importantly the underlying decision from Judge Mazel, that decision is just reckless. It's reckless as a general matter and it has real world impacts, racial impacts that are preventable and avoidable. Uh, really, Yanni, I'm asked where you're at because I would say that maybe you just put out flyers and tell people, hey, uh, we believe that the this pandemic has uh, racial disparities. Wear a mask. You're part of a minority. Wear a mask. But no, we don't do that. We have people going around saying they're going to force people to wear a mask if they're going to be in their presence. Um, you can ask nicely, I guess, hey, could you put on a mask and be expected to be told no. Uh, if someone says, yeah, sure, great. But if they say no, you can't get all butt hurt. We have medical professional, a medical professional on MSNBC telling people to lie to get people to wear masks. This person should lose their medical license, whatever they have, whatever she has. She's their medical expert. And they had her on talking about how the TSA is no longer enforcing mask mandates. And she tells people to lie, lie, carry extra masks and lie to them to get them to wear masks. If people want to stay safe, the best thing they can do, high quality masks. And that when possible, carry some extra masks. I know this oh. sounds crazy, but if you tell someone next to you on a plane, pay a 95 and just say, or surgical mask and just say, I've got an elderly mother at home. I've got a child with cancer at home. Will you please do me a favor? Having the people at least closest to you in that row, protecting yourself and them, can be the best safety. So carry some extra masks with you. Carry some rapid tests with you if you're traveling. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. Now, listen, I don't have a problem with you carrying extra masks and carrying extra tests with you. Uh, no problem. But when you get told no, tough. And now she wants people, you know, I've got an elderly mom at home and I want you to wear a mask. I've got a kid with cancer and I need you to wear a mask. <laughs> Man, if I had a child with cancer, I would be pissed right now. This medical professional is telling other people to use my heartbreak and my medical hurt to lie and get people to wear a mask in their presence? Holy cow. I mean, our government is already lying about the excitement of the people not having to wear a mask anymore. We heard, uh, what's-her-face, uh, Jen Saki tell us that it was one plane that was cheering. Uh, I don't know about you, but we I saw uh, multiple multiple videos from different airlines and uh, different airports where people were excited about wearing a mask. One report that I saw, the reporter said uh, that he was walking around the airport and it looked like about 85% of the people didn't have masks. I would bet that that number is more. Uh, when, when an ABC reporter is telling you 85% and they want you to believe that uh, it, that's low, uh, I would say that it's probably 95%. And again, I want to reiterate, and we need to drive this home. You can still wear a mask if you want to. No one is telling you you can't wear a mask. It's really simple. You get to decide. You just don't get to decide for me. Okay? 
And what are the odds that uh, the Florida judge ruling gets overturned? What are the odds? I, you know, that's in today's world, siding on the uh, siding on the uh, the side of freedom. Phew, that's a that's a tough call because it's for safety and it's for everyone's safety and it's for the children. You know, I've got a kid at home with cancer. Can you wear a mask, please? I can't wait for someone to say, yeah, I've got an elderly person at home that I take care of. Could you wear a mask? Because my answer is going to be, yeah, I have an elderly person at my house as well. I mean, other than me. And that person despises the masks. So back off me. You take your test and take your extra masks and sit down or get off. Get off the plane. Get out of the car. Do whatever you got to do. Leave the building we're in. But I'm not leaving. It's my choice. I can't. I can't. I went. I told. I took a picture of the of the sign at the doctor's office that I was at on Tuesday. And Tuesday today is if you're listening live and or listening not live, uh, it is the uh, 21st of April, uh, 2022. And I was at a doctor's office on the 19th of April, and they have the sign up. You know, masks are no longer required. Uh, they, they we request that you do, but they're no longer required. And so the one nurse was, I asked, when did that happen? And she said, they put it up yesterday. And I've been so happy. Uh, I get to see patients' faces again. I get to not have to wear a mask. It was, it was an exciting day when we put that sign up yesterday. Doctor's offices. Now, I will say that uh, whenever they make me go into these doctor's offices with a mask, uh, I, I put it on. I follow their little rules. But when we get back into your, your own little uh, waiting room, your own little seeing the doctor room, I take it off. And only once has someone, uh, one nurse that we've talked about on the show, uh, can you put your mask on, please? And uh, that's where my doc was like, Jeff, just put it on. Just put it on. It's not worth the fight. Eh, it was worth the fight for me. But he didn't want to have it in his office. and So I put it back on. But it was, oh, I wanted to not leave. I wanted to fight with this nurse bad because they're all vaccinated. We're all that. I'm in this room. We're all vaccinated. We all are healthy adults. Well, I mean, kind of healthy. And uh, there's no reason for us to wear a mask. I'm just, but, you know, whatever. Jeff, just put it on. That's where I was at. Jeff, just put it on. Yeah, that's where I was at. Just, okay, whatever. I'm kind of that way now with uh, sending military assistance to Ukraine. You know, okay, whatever. I mean, I really kind of had enough. I see today that we're announcing another $800 million in new military assistance to Ukraine. I kind of feel like it's time to stop. I know maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. I mean, what do we actually owe Ukraine? I don't, I don't have an answer. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess, I, do I want to help them? I think I do. Uh, I just, I feel like enough is enough. I mean, he keeps begging and whining about needing more stuff and how we're supposed to help him. Uh, Zelensky with two Y's. And I just can't take it anymore. Stop it. Go fight your war. I'm sorry that Russia is attacking you. I am. I'm sorry. And unless we're just going to go to war, which is what I feel like our government wants us to do. So we're just doing things that are pretending like we're not part of the war, but we are that, you know, and we don't have the mindset just to go into Russia and take it over. Say, okay, uh, Vlad, enough. 
We are you're part of us now. You're a territory. We don't have the we don't have the guts to do that. So enough. Just I think it's time to say, look, uh, you know, we're we're here for you. Uh, but we're not, we're done. We're, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I mean, I get wanting, you know, giving our weapons or at least money for other countries to develop and give them weapons so that our weapons get sold to the other countries. I get that. I kind of, you know, I kind of get that. So we are actually creating jobs and, uh, you know, creating weaponry here in the United States and we're giving them to other countries, which then gives that gives their military weapons to Ukraine. Okay. I got it. But I, you know, I also heard a rumor that we're sending training people over with some of the newer weapons. Uh, that's how we get involved and that does not make me happy. So just be ready for, for what happens next because we're in it and you can quote me on a from me once you're in it you're in it For some reason, I was looking through some old messages today, and I found an old one that reminded me, I need to remind you of uh, the rule of being a subscriber to Chewing the Fat. Um, I thank you if you're a subscriber listening to this show. If you're listening to this show and you're freeloading, nobody likes a freeloader. So, I mean, I appreciate you listening, but you need to become a subscriber. So, whatever platform you're listening on, you can subscribe on that, or you can choose another platform that you like better and subscribe to Chewing the Fat. But this old message said, you've turned me into a sinful liar. I got asked what I was listening to today. And even though I was listening to Pat's stupid show, whatever it's called, I said I was listening to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I'm a liar now, but rules are rules. I don't make the rules, but it's what separates us from the animals. That's correct, Alex. And thank you, by the way, for following the rules. Those are the rules. I know you're going to listen to other shows. I get it. That's, you know, there's plenty of plenty of things out there to listen to, you know, on top of this particular broadcast. But if you're out and about and you have your headphones on and someone says, hey, what are you listening to? No matter what you're listening to, as a subscriber of Chewing the Fat, your answer must be Chewing the Fat. Hey, what are you listening to? Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. It doesn't matter whether you're actually listening to it or not. You need to promote the show as a subscriber to the show. Those are the rules. And as long as I'm here, you might as well follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. Uh, Getter is JeffyJFR as well. you got the Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher YouTube channel, which I've kind of neglected lately, and I need to get past that. I, I apologize for that, but I'll get back to it, I promise. I've got some, I've got some ideas mulling in my head, and I'm going to be setting up a Cameo account, so I'll be able to send out some uh, shout-outs to all of you from Cameo as well. So that's coming very soon. So I'm going to get back to the YouTube channel, and I'll be setting up the Cameo account uh, very soon. So uh, that will be happening as well. Just some little inside news of chewing the fat. So who died to, Who died today? Well, no one that I can you know, think of that really makes a big deal. But I was reading about being buried at sea, and I thought, yeah, that's kind of interesting, because I always thought, I don't think about how to be buried. It's something I haven't thought about. 
and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure people do, but I just haven't thought about it. And I was reading an article about being buried at sea and not being uh, cremated. And then you have your ashes spread across the water, which you can do, you know, on the beach if you want. You don't have to go out on a boat to do that. But these people are being buried at sea in a casket or, or you know, just throw them overboard. <laughs> I always thought I kind of wanted to be burned. You know, like the old days, uh, you know, back in, uh, you know, maybe the Indians or even older days than that, back in, uh, you know, Game of Thrones days, and you just put them on a, put them on a throne and burn me, you know, put some, put some timber under me and let me go. I kind of like that idea, but buried at sea doesn't seem like a bad thing. And they talked about how people are deciding to be buried at sea and you can, anyone can do it and it's legal and it doesn't, I mean, it seems like a thing to do. It seems like a cheap thing to do. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, buying a plot of land in a cemetery. And according to one guy at one mortuary, he's had 27,000 burials. He said only about 175 of them have been full body burials at sea. In 2020, 162 Californians were buried at sea, according to data collected by the EPA, because you have to alert them uh, within 30 days of the burial that, hey, we're pitching grandma off the side of a boat next month. (laughs) But they still, it still costed money. So this story says uh, a, a burial at sea, Coffin, a custom-made shroud, and boat rental might cost between five and ten thousand dollars, while a burial at a cemetery is at least twenty thousand dollars. Holy cow! Still costing you five or ten grand to be buried at sea. Now they're saying cremation services, uh, twenty-five hundred bucks. Hire a, a boat to deposit them. I mean, you could do that yourself at the beach if you had to, or go out on an island somewhere. But you're still spending a you know a few thousand dollars. To be buried at sea seems like uh, you might be able to find somebody to do that a little bit cheaper. That's a good gig. If you've got a boat, just become the guy that tosses people off. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, hey, it's for the it's for the environment. It's a lot more environmentally friendly to be buried at sea. They have, you know, they drill a couple holes in the top of the casket and down you go. So apparently anyone can be buried at sea as long as the burial occurs at least three nautical miles from shore and in at least 600 feet of water. Those are federal regulations. If a person wants to be buried in the ocean without a casket, the EPA recommends the body be wrapped in a biodegradable shroud and weighted to ensure it falls quickly to the ocean floor and stays there. And that's just a recommendation. They're not saying you have to. You can toss grandma off the side if you... (laughs) Nobody wants to toss grandma off the side. But you can toss have have somebody toss you off the side. According to this story, nobody wants to see their loved one bobbing up and down on the top of the ocean. That's kind of true. But, you know, I mean, the uh, the casket is... The biodegradable shroud is recommended. If a casket is being used, uh, stainless steel is the best with all plastic materials removed. It should have uh, 22 inch wide holes, 22 inch wide holes drilled into it to allow water to flood in and weigh it down. Should be secured with metal bands. Additional weights, sand or cement can also be used to offset the buoyancy of the body. 
Most boats that perform burials at sea have a platform on the back so the pallbearers of the crew can easily push the casket or the shroud into the water. Again, you don't need to have advanced permission, but the EPA does need to be notified within 30 days of the service. I, I kind of like it. I kind of like that idea. Become your own little reef out there. <laughs> and I like the idea of getting a boat and being the guy that tosses you off the side. I mean, for if other places, if you can start undercutting, if they're charging, you know, five or 10 grand to run you out into the ocean and drop you off, I mean, I'll do it for two. <laughs> two grand, and I'm throwing grandma off to the side. But maybe that's just me. I mean, you can ask for whatever amount you want. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's sad and it's not funny. We're talking about people's funeral and the love of them, but it's just their body, right? And I, it's, it's a hard time. It's a hard time and why nobody wants to think about it. But uh, I know that our family, my family plot uh, is already filled up. They're already, it's already filled up, man. They've got, there's two, they're not putting anybody else in there. There's no special fat guy casket going into my family plot. So I've got to find, a, you know, I've got to have another family plot. I don't know where. And so maybe I just, you know, I just, just toss me into the ocean. Run me out there and say, good luck, God bless, and toss me into the ocean. Eh, that's something to think about anyway. <laughs> and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.